0: We're glad to be sharing the ministry of Redemption Church with you. Now join us as we receive the Word of God. And welcome everybody online. We're so glad. I hope that you worship with us. I hope you felt what we were feeling in this house. We were feeling the very presence of Jesus Christ. We are in the fourth week. Say number four, number four, number four fourth week of our sermon series. What's it called? It's called vibe. vibe Check. Vibe Check. What is a vibe? And if I know, if I know, I, I, I know, uh, I know Vicky back there. Vicky's like. Yeah, I hope he's talking about viburnum plants because they're so beautiful how they, how they flower and everything. I hope that's the kind of vibe check, a viburnum, but that, sorry, that's next sermon series. We'll do that next sermon series, okay? We'll, we'll do a viburnum series. No, that's not the vibes that we're talking about. Reminder what our vibes are. Vibe is a person's emotional state felt by others. The tangible atmosphere created by the disposition of our being. The worst vibes come from the flesh. Eventually, it's week four. We will eventually get this. Everybody, listen. The worst vibes come from the flesh. One more time, we're going to try that. The worst vibes come from the All right, now this one. Try this one. The best vibes come from the Spirit. Spirit. Very good. Here are the vibes of the Spirit. We call the fruit of the Spirit. Galatians chapter 5 verse 22. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Sometimes words don't hold the power they should. We can hear words like love, joy, and peace so much that they actually lose their impact. Does the word love still impact you? What about the word joy? Does the word joy, that's a powerful word. Have you grown tired of the word joy? Does it still do something in you? What about the peace of God? What about the gospel? You're not falling asleep when someone says the gospel, are you? Or is that an exciting subject for you? What about the name of Jesus? Has the name of Jesus lost impact for you? Are you still impacted by that name? Jesus, I don't know about you, but when I'm out and about and I hear someone say that name, I'm like, I'm drawn to that conversation. I'm almost too nosy. I'm almost like, yes, you're talking about my friend, Jesus. Yes, let's talk about Jesus. I am excited about the name of Jesus. But I got to tell you, there are times in my life, I'm just kind of blase about love. I'm blase about joy and peace. I want you to understand today what is so strong about love. It's not the word, it's not that it reminds you of your favorite Ryan Gosling movie. It's not that. No, here is what's so strong about love: the spirit. God's spirit, that's what's strong about love. Somebody else, what are you talking about? We just read the verse, guys. The fruit of the spirit is love what's so strong about love is that God's spirit is involved in the workings of love what's so powerful about joy it's not how much money you won or the good windfall that 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 came your way no what's so strong about joy is it is the working of the spirit do you agree do you agree? That is what's so strong about these things. And that's why we can't fall asleep about love. No, when we're talking about love, we're talking about Jesus and His Spirit at work in someone's life. When we're talking about joy. What's really exciting about joy is that God's Spirit is bringing about that joy. I mean that with all my heart. That is what's so strong about joy and love and all the works of the Spirit. Love is just a word without God's Spirit. Love is just a thematic device in literature right. without God's Spirit. Right. When you realize it is a work that the Spirit wants to do, it's powerful. Yes. That, 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 that's very different. Now it's like, God, come work your love in me. Yes. God, come work your joy in me and your peace. I want to teach you about the fruit of the Spirit really quick. Everybody, school's back in session. Push up your nerd glasses real quick. I want to teach you about this list. You've seen this all your life. Uh, The fruit of the Spirit, we can divide this into uh, three sections. There are nine fruits of the Spirit here. Fruit of the Spirit. And we can divide it in three sections. Love, joy, and peace. That's supposed to be in your heart. That's all about what is in your heart. It's working in your heart. It's showing up in your heart. Patience, kindness, and goodness. That is the work of the Spirit in your relationships. It's bringing out patience in you bring out kindness and goodness in you. And then faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. That's how God works in your battles. That's good. You. When you're in the middle of an, an enemy fight, and I'm not just talking a, a jerk at work. No, I'm talking about like the devil, that kind of fight. When you're a real fight, yes. it's faithfulness that God brings out in you. It is gentleness that God brings out. And it's self-control. Some of y'all, you're in a fight about an addiction. The Spirit wants to bring out in the middle of the battle, self-control. Some of us have anger problems, right? Anger problems. God wants to bring out gentleness in that battle. Some of us, when the going gets tough, we get going. We're gone, right? But God, in the middle of the battle, wants to bring out what? Faithfulness. Do you see that? Our heart, our relationships, and our battles, God wants to work by His Spirit in our life. All the fruit of the Spirit. I want you to take your phone out real quick. Take a picture of this right up here. Learn this. Put it right in your heart. Get this. You can even post it online. Go ahead, do it. It's the vibe. Check vibe. Check your vibe. Share it with somebody. Thank you so much guys. We have been talking about these last weeks about a vibe that should reside in your heart. Love, joy, and now peace. We will continue today with the vibe of peace. Peace is found 249 times in your Bible. I spent all week searching that. Just counting. Just read the whole Bible and I'm like peace. There it is. Highlighter. No. I went to Bible Gateway and I, I typed in peace and it brought up 249 times so that's what i did peace is a major theme of the bible there are very few books of the bible that don't have the word peace in it only one book in the new testament doesn't have peace in it it's first john he talks so much about love he never got to peace how do we define peace let's talk about that peace is a state of calm security that we receive from our relationship with jesus i want you to read that out loud with me Peace is a state of calm security that we receive from our relationship with Jesus. I want to ask you, what is the state of your heart? Is it calm? Is it secure? What's the state of your home? Would you say it's peaceful? What's the state of your mind? Good Lord. Could open these altars right now because very few of us have peaceful minds. Somebody say amen. How about, how about your soul? Is your soul at peace? What is your vibe today? Do you have this peace? Do you have a calm security? God wants you to. Do you have a relationship with Jesus? Let's take that part of this definition. Do you have a relationship? Because this is supposed to come from a relationship with Jesus. Is your relationship with Jesus strong enough to affect your heart with peace? I'm telling you that your relationship with Jesus can be strong enough to be in the middle of a tornado or in the middle of some national crisis or some kind of problem in your home. The cowboys losing. I mean, all kinds of things. that, that, That your relationship with Jesus can work in your life in such a way that it is able to overcome all of those hardships and provide you A calm security and it flows not out of situations around you but out of your relationship with Jesus Christ. Somebody receive that today. If you are not at peace, you need to look no further than your relationship with Jesus. Start there. Start there. The opposite of peace is worry and fear. That makes sense, right? But peace is a strong, protected, security. When you're at peace, you somehow feel protected. When you're at peace, it feels like you are above the storm. It looks like you're looking down at the storm like you would in an airplane flying over a dangerous storm. You're, you're like, wow, that's amazing. That looks rough. I'm so glad that's not affecting me. There's a song. I used to hear it growing up. Sheltered in the Arms of God by Dotta Rainbow. Dottie Rambo. What's her name? It says, the, 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 the chorus went like this. So let the storms rage high. The dark clouds rise. They don't worry me for I'm sheltered within the arms of God. There's more to that song. But sometimes... You ought to just like get that kind of attitude. Just You know what? Let all the problems come because I'm safe. I'm sheltered within the arms of God. Peace means I'm at rest with my Savior. And His rest rules my response. Now that first part, we might understand. But that second part, that's where the rubber meets the road. It, it, at the, I'm at rest with my Savior. Thank God for my Savior. But here's the other part. Here's the part where we Christians need to keep praying and working on things. Isn't that right, Lily? We need to keep working on this. His rest rules my response. So I'm not just restful and peaceful, but my response is restful. And my response is peaceful. When you have the peace of the Spirit within, your response to the external issues of life is the peace of the Spirit. Can I tell you, people who are hateful lack this peace. People who blow up, just, ah, anger. They just go right there. Those people lack this peace on the inside. People who can't forgive and can't reconcile lack this peace. People who rage, lack this peace. Now, listen, we can blame our anger on external issues. We can like point at it and go, "Well, it's that it's that person's fault right there." That color always triggers me. He's wearing a toucan shirt and I always get triggered. Right? You can always blame your anger on external issues, but really, it is a lack of something inside of you. It's a lack of peace within. We need the Spirit of God to be operating in you. Real quick, why don't you just ask the Lord, God, operate in me. Operate in me by your Spirit. Yeah, be the operator. Just go ahead and do open heart surgery on the inside of me. Lord, replace evil with peace. Replace fear with peace, God. Work in my heart right now. The peace of the Spirit is stronger than the issues of life. Yeah, because His Spirit's strong. Peace has everything to do with the presence of the Spirit. Where His Spirit is, peace should be right there. John chapter 14, verse 26. But the Advocate, this is the words of Jesus, the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Verse 27. Peace I leave with you. My peace... I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled. And do not be afraid. Jesus upon promising the Spirit. That's that advocate. is God's Holy Spirit. In this section of passage of Scripture. He's talking about the coming of the Spirit. He's talking about the Spirit showing up. Not just showing up on the earth. But showing up inside of people. Anybody have the Holy Spirit inside of them? Let me tell you, it's an exciting thing to have God's Spirit living in you. But upon promising the Spirit, Jesus says, peace. The subject of the Spirit and the subject of peace are interlocked. He said, peace, I leave. He says, my peace, I give. If you have the spirit, you should have this peace because he's left it and he's given it. You should have this peace. Follower of Christ, brother and sister in the Lord, you should have the peace of God in you. It should be so awesome. Your boss ought to feel really smart that he hired you. Because he brought peace into the Home Depot when he hired you, Charles. You understand that? right on, ought to, they, they ought to just be so pleased that they hired you. Because Vicki, when you walk in that door, peace follows you. Yeah. In there. It ought to be so good to, to hire a Christian because peace walks in with them every day because the Spirit walks with them every day. But then Jesus says these words. He says, he said, peace I, I leave. and My peace I give. But then he says, not as the world gives. Did you remember seeing that? The peace I give to you, but not as the world gives. I wonder what the world's definition of peace is. We, I just took a moment, I searched Google, and here's a screen grab of it right here. This is how the world defines peace. That's right. I'm using DuckDuckGo. Take that. Google. Alright. Peace. The absence of war Or other hostilities. Two. The agreement or treaty to end. Everybody say end. End. Hostilities. Three. Freedom from quarrels and disagreement. Harmonious relations. I want you to look at this definition. I want to point something out to you. The world defines peace by not what you have, but by what you don't have. See it. It's to be problem free. You don't have any problems. You don't have any hostilities. You used to be a war, but now there's a treaty and you've ended the hostilities. The world defines peace as not having problems. Do you see that? Yes. That's how the world. And Jesus says, not as the world gives. The world defines peace as being problem free. You see, the world focuses on the external, yes. not the internal. That should not be news to you. The world is always looking out at things and stuff, and they're always reaching out for things and stuff, and that's, that's, I mean, we could be in the middle of a, a, of a war, and everybody's like, my gosh, I sure want that new iPhone. That's us. That's us. There's people hungry and dying. There's a war over here. There's some kind of monkeypox virus, and there's sickness everywhere, but we're over at the water cooler going, man, that iPhone, that new iPhone. I think I'm going to have to get that one. I think I'm going to have to, I think I'm going to break down and get. That's us. The world, hello, McFly. Listen for a moment. The world's focused on the external. What about you? Are we focused on the external? Raise your hand and say, yeah, that's me, Lord. Yes, forgive me of that. Lord, help us to focus on what's inside more than what is on the outside. The world gives peace this way. That's how the world gives it. Where's your focus? If I am worldly, fleshly, carnal, I'm focused on the external. So let's just say this. Uh, you know, this is, this is how people live right here. I wanted to watch Netflix, but I'm having car problems. Yeah. Now I have to fix my car, and, and so-and-so is in the hospital, and then my kid walks up to me, and I'm like, ah! Because I really wanted to watch Netflix. What is all that? External, 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 external. Someone walks up and bah! external just vitriol. And, and that that's, that's what happens in the real world. That's that's a, what is that? That's a focus on the external. It's a focus on the external. Listen, there's nothing wrong with Netflix. There's nothing wrong with figuring out car problems. There's nothing wrong with but being like, oh, I've got a, a list of things to do. I've got to get milk. I've got to go get cereal. Yeah, I, there's nothing wrong with those external things. But if that's the only focus of your life, you are not going to be peaceful. If your to-do list dictates your peace, you're never going to have peace. If everything around you has to just line up right, if, if people have to walk around eggshells and say all the right words to you in order for you to have peace, you forget about it. You're never going to have it. Never going to have it. Mm. Peace is about what's inside. And this is where the world lives. They live on the outside. Is this where we want to live? Is it, if it's not where we want to live, but it is where we're living, we need to make a change today. And that's what this altar is about. Later today, you're going to have an opportunity to talk to God and change some of these things. Spend a moment and don't pray an external prayer. Oh, sugar daddy God in heaven, I need these things. I want all this stuff out there no uh, you, there is time and place to pray for those external things but I really want to encourage you today pray on some internal things yes. Lord the stuff that's going on wrong in here the, the things that I'm not thinking about I'm, I'm not I'm not focused on the right things Pr- bring those things inside of me somebody say amen if I'm amen. preaching today am I preaching a prayer to God for peace is not God remove my problems that's not how you pray to God for peace. The vibe of the Spirit does not just work in a perfect, pleasant church building. I want to tell you the peace of God works in the middle of a war zone. Love works in the midst of hate. You know that's true? Yes. Joy works even in the midst of sorrow. You know that's true? Then you got to know this peace works even in the midst of problems. And there's not a problem That can rob you of a Spirit-given peace. There is not a problem that can rob you of the Spirit-working peace in your life. Jesus gives peace, but not as the world gives. Look at it one more time. John 14, 27. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. The peace of the world only works on cloudless days. That's how the world works. The peace that, gives Je- that, that Jesus gives, it, it's different. It's so different. I want to tell you real quick, peace rules. Somebody say, peace rules. Peace, peace rules. rules, guys. Peace rules. The Old Testament prophets were told of a Messiah who would come. And be the king of the earth. Anybody know that Messiah's name? Jesus. Jesus. Very good. It's Jesus. Yeah. But this is before he comes. Hundreds of years in advance. Isaiah has a vision and he sees a king who would rule unlike any other king of the world. Isaiah saw a king who would rule by peace. Isaiah 9 and 6. For to us a child is born. To us the son is given. And the government will be on his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Verse 7. Of the greatness of his government and peace there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom. Establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever the zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. Somebody say peace rules. rules. We're talking about the prince of peace. We're talking about a kingship. We're talking about a prince, a ruling authority, and he rules in what? Peace. Jesus' rulership is not about having a bigger bomb than the devil. No, that's how Russia and the United States operate. Right? It is. Jesus rules in peace not in having a bigger sword or a better argument or better lawyers than his enemy that's not how he operates he operates in peace and the greatness of his government and peace do you understand this the greatness of his government and peace there will be no end do you know how nations grow they defeat another nation and steal their land. That's how nations grow. You know how they, they grow? They, they go beat somebody up and they, they either surrender or they are dead. And now they go, we're favored. Look at us. We got this new land. We got this new money. And that's what started this whole issue in Russia and Ukraine. Right? They're like, we're going to go take that land. That's what it is. That is how the world's government, but here's how God's kingdom increases. His kingdom increases in peace. What does it say? It says, the greatness of his government and peace have no end. Jesus' kingdom increases not in bloodshed, not in war, but in peace. It's unlike any other kingdom. And one day his kingdom will fill the entire world world with yes. peace That's good. That's good. again the world wins peace they win peace by killing everyone who is a problem there's even a theory i mean you talk you talk to people in government they say well the, the theory behind peace is that you you uh, you assert dominance and you, you give them the message that if you attack us, we will at least destroy both of us. There will be mutually assured destruction. And that's what keeps peace because everyone's too afraid to attack. That's how the world works. <laughs> they win peace by killing everyone who's a problem. That's what war is. That's how nations grow. But the kingdom of God's dear son, Colossians 1.13 says that phrase, The kingdom of his dear son is a nation that grows not with violence but with grace, truth, justice, righteousness, and peace and it will have no end. Somebody say peace rules. Is the prince of peace ruling your life? Does the prince of peace sit upon the throne of your heart, your mind, your soul, and your strength? Colossians 3.15 says it pretty good. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Since as members of one body you were called to peace. peace and be thankful. Isn't that wonderful scripture? When you think of the word rule, when you think of the word of ruling, it ought to make you think of a judge making a decision. What's the ruling? Hear ye, hear, hear ye, hear ye. A verdict. I want to talk to you real quick about the judgment of peace. The judgment of peace. Scripture says, let the peace of God rule. When you're looking for wisdom, when you're looking for the right decision, when you're looking for what God's authority is, what God's will is, God, what is your will? I've spent so much of my life praying for that. God, what's your will? I need to know before I do this thing. Please, last chance, I'm either about to do something stupid or it might be your will. Let me know. When you're looking for all of those things, the peace, the, the will, the, the God's authority, a, a proper wise decision, you need to look to the judgment of peace. Now you can have your judge, Judy, but I want to tell you that the best judge I've ever received in my life is peace. I want to explain it to you. You can make godly decisions by simply paying attention to peace. Let me teach you something real quick. Here's how it works. You stand before a decision. Door number one, door number two. Prayerfully think about the decision. Yep, pray about it, but also just think about it. Take a moment to think about it. Talk through the decision with God, maybe. You open up your mouth and say, God, maybe I go through this door right here and I go through that door and I do this thing, and it might make them mad, but then I'm gonna I'm gonna do the right thing and and, you know we're gonna and then we're gonna go on. We're gonna do this thing. So you're talking to God. Or maybe you even talk it over with godly counsel with another godly person. But you're talking through these things. Actually do this. Right? Too many times we we make decisions, just we just go and do it so you stand in front of the decision you're thinking about the decision talking, praying about the decision the number three, here's the important thing, pay attention to what you feel pay attention to what you feel, here's the question do you feel peace do you feel peace, when you're talking about door number one do you feel peace now, I didn't say you have no problems and there's, you have everything figured out. No, even in those decisions where you don't have it all figured out and you're not sure, you can still have peace. And one of those two steps, you'll have more peace than the other. And the door that has more peace is probably, I'm telling you, 99% of the time, it's probably the wise decision. Because peace is the Spirit working in you. And peace is God's judgment giving you wisdom right there. That took me way too long in life to figure out. Some young people grab a hold of that. Learn about the judgment of peace. Before today's over, maybe you're standing at one of those forks in the road. Which way do I go? Spend a moment. Come pray. I'll pray with you. We'll pray for peace to land on the path that we're supposed to go. God, lead me in peace, God. Lord, in fact, if I'm going in a direction I'm not supposed to go, God, I don't want your peace in that situation. I only want the peace of God in the directions that I'm supposed to go. How, how about... This? Oh, well, well, gosh, not in my notes, but here we go, Jeff. Wow. Pray for your pastor. How about this one? We have made the wrong decision... And we're walking, it's like, why is this so hard? We're like, going the wrong direction the whole way. Why is this so difficult? I don't understand. I'm going to pray that God would help me walk this wrong way. I don't know why I don't have any peace in this situation. I've decided to sell drugs illegally on the road outside of Starbucks. Right, uh, <laughs> something. Terrible. Why is this so hard? Why is God not blessing me? I'm selling so meth. Yeah. There are people that do, maybe not meth. That's that I, pastor usually chooses the ridiculous example. Yes. Yes. <laughs> but I'm telling you, it could be that you've taken the wrong decision, and now you're praying, God, what? Give me peace. He's not going to give you peace in that decision. In fact, his lack of peace is supposed to wake you up Thank to the fact that you're down the wrong path. That's right. Thank you, Lord. There have been many times in my life where I've stood at that place of decision and pulled out a compass called peace and quickly knew the direction I should take. I want to tell you, There have been very few times, in fact, I've never audibly heard the voice of God. I believe in it. It would be so awesome. Trust me, when I do, I'll never shut up about it. (laughs) Tell you all about it. God's never spoken to me audibly. There have been times God has spoken to me supernaturally. There's been times people have walked up and had the exact word that I needed in a moment. But the majority of the time, God speaks to me By the Spirit through peace. You're at your best when you're at peace. Do you agree with that? You're at your best. Your marriage is at your best when you're at peace. Do not make decisions when you are not at peace. You listen. Don't make decisions when you're not at peace. Don't be hurried. People get hurried into bad decisions. Don't hurry. If you are being hurried, you're not at peace. Don't be anxious. But be prayerful. The Bible tells you to turn all your anxiousness into prayer. Don't be anxious about anything. Pray about everything. So don't make decisions when you're not at peace. Walk in that peace. In fact, if you are are ever not in peace... Stop and pray, God. I'm not in your peace. Where Where is your peace at? Where is it? Lead me to your peace, God. You have a big scary meeting. Anybody have like a big scary meeting coming up that that you have to you have to go and you're worried about what's on the other side of that door? All kinds. Of, teachers have those meetings all the time with with parents, or it could just be next period. It could be. There's all kinds of stuff. Listen, I get. I get calls sometimes, by the way, one of my least favorite phone calls is, hey, I need to meet with you, and they don't tell me what they need to meet with me about, and so I, I worry all the way until that meeting. Please don't do that. Please tell your pastor what the meeting is for, all right? Yeah. Thank you, please, thank you, thank you for that. But there's a big scary meeting, you do, you don't, there's, there's question marks, there's unknown on the other side of the door. Uh, before you walk into that meeting, walk into the presence of the Spirit. Before you open that door, walk in and whatever's on the other side, make sure on this side of the door, you are in the Spirit. Spend time in the Spirit. Maybe you're in the middle of your job and you're like, well, what am I going to do? There's a place in your office, a broom closet. Go in there for just a moment. Throw your hands in the air and say, God, here I am. I need you right now. I need your peace. I need to know. I need to feel your presence working in me. God, I'm not at peace and right now I want to be at peace, God. Maybe you even pray in the Spirit this way. Father, I claim the peace of God. Lord, let peace flow into my office by the Spirit in Jesus' name. Peace is already there because the Spirit's there and because the Spirit's in you. So release the peace. Somebody say release the peace. peace. Have peace working and flowing in you before you walk into... That meeting, that is some wisdom right there. Receive it, receive it, receive it. You are at your worst when you're not at peace. You're at your best when you're at peace. You are at your worst when you are not at peace. Your worst decisions are made out of fear. Somebody say, yeah. 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 The things you say are not helpful when you're not at peace. Your brain is not helpful when it's all twisted and turned upside down. They've got the stranger things and they've got this place called the upside down. Sometimes your brain is in the upside down. Your brain is just absolutely turned upside down. Your brain's not helpful. Your brain doesn't come up with anything good in that state. You're in a state not of peace but in a state of worry. You're you're at your worst when you're not at peace. They did a study at the National Science Foundation that categorizes the things we worry about. They found that 40% of what we worry about never happens. It's 40%. 30% of our worries concern the past. So now we're worried about things we can't even control. 40 plus 30 is, help me tally it, 70 very good. 12% are needless worries about your health. 70 plus 12, 82%. 10% 10% are insignificant at petty. Like they could happen, but it it's doesn't even matter. Uh, Where were we at? 82 plus 10? Now we're at 92%. That means 8% of our worries is actually useful and legitimate. Only 8%. That's Dr. Cavert, National Science Foundation found that. of our worry is over things that won't happen or things we can't change. 92%. 92 out of 100 things that you worry about are absolutely what are you doing? Tell you what you're doing. You're living without peace. People that live without peace think like this. Worrying has never helped us. Jesus taught us this. Anybody know the verse I'm thinking of? Matthew chapter 6. Thank you, Jesus, for teaching us. Verse 25. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Stop for one second. Some, somebody in this room, this is a verse you need to live. You haven't been living it. Do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, about your body, what you will wear. Next it says, is life... Is not life more than food, the body, more than clothes? Verse 26, Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns. And yet, your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Friend, you are more valuable. Verse 27, Can any one of you by worrying, add a single hour to your life. Bob Marley. The other day, I was just thinking in my room, and I was thinking about this sermon, and I just, y'all know the song that came to my mind? Don't worry about a ting. It says ting, I think. Because oh, okay. oh. every little thing's going to be all right. Hey, now listen, that's, that, he probably wasn't thinking about Jesus when he wrote that, but I'm telling you, there is some good, wonderful thing, and it was uplifting to me. I just bumped that a little bit in my little office on YouTube. Every little thing is going to be all right. Don't worry about a thing, because every little thing is going to be all right. I'm telling you, we need to have that kind of little peace in our heart. We got all these problems, but don't worry. About a thing. That ought to be your your vibe. Every little thing is going to be all right. Oh, God's so good. I'm telling you, you're talking to somebody who spent way too much time in a hospital lately. But I want to tell you, in the middle of that hospital, the peace of God was working. The peace of God was working. Peace rules, peace will set you free from worry. Peace will lead you right to where wisdom is. Help you decide which door to go through, which door to never even think about going through again. Peace is a work of the Spirit. Somebody say those words with me. Peace is a work of the Spirit. Lastly, I want to tell you this. Peace is a testimony. Peace is a testimony. Peace testifies that God's Word is, It's true. When you got that peace standing up inside you, it testifies. This book called the Bible, it's legit. It's real. It's true. It testifies. It testifies. Not just to you. It testifies to those around you. Must be something about that. Must be, look how Charles is walking in peace. Must be something about that. Peace testifies that God is greater than the problem. Ah, peace. Let that peace testify to you. Whatever that problem is, God's bigger. Greater is he that is in you and he that is in the world. Peace testifies that you have a different kind of king and a different kind of kingdom. You have a prince of peace and he wants to rule in peace. Peace testifies to you. It testifies to you when you have peace. It just testifies to you and Oh, peace can turn into a wonderful worship very quickly. Peace is so good. Peace testifies also to those around you. Peace becomes an absolute testimony. They want to know, what is up with you? How do you go through the things that you go through? And here you are. I would have lost my dang mind already. And that's where you you look them right in the eye. And you tell them about Jesus. And you tell them about how he has given you peace Hallelujah. and how you don't know what to do most of the time you don't have it all together but yet you're so happy and you're so loved and you're so at peace that's what the whole world wants yes. let that be your testimony lastly i want to tell you this peace testifies to the enemy When the enemy has thrown his worst at you but you still have peace I think he just loses it. Because he has no peace. The enemy has just he has thought of everything he can do. He he delivers it and works exactly like those people did say the harmful thing to you. Those people did do the terrible thing to you and it all worked at the same time and now he's there he's waiting. And he has done his worst at you. But you still have peace. You know what that testifies to? It testifies enemy. You have already lost. You're not going to win. Because the spirit's at work. There's a story in the Bible that best testifies peace. I thought about that this week. Took some time. I bet we. I think we. Most of us would arrive at the same story. It's the story of Jesus in the boat. I know that story, very simple story. This is a story every believer needs to know. We're going to read it very quickly. It's in Mark chapter 4, verse 35. That day when evening came, they said to he said to his disciples, Jesus said, "Let us go over to the other side." Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along just as he was in the boat. There were also other boats with him. A furious squall came up, and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. He's asleep. The disciples woke him and said to him, Teacher, don't you care if we drowned? He got up, rebuked the wind, and said to the waves, Quiet, be still. Then the wind died down, and it was completely calm. He said to his disciples, why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? They were terrified and asked each other, who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. What a wonderful story, Jesus. There was a storm so furious that seasoned sailors were afraid of drowning they'd been on a boat so many times but this was something they had lot, lacked peace in this moment this was a problem that they couldn't handle on their own but Jesus is on the same boat and in the same storm but he's where? he's asleep on a cushion he's completely at rest they're all in the same storm these guys are losing their ever loving mind and Jesus is in peace, or rest. The disciples wake up Jesus. Say, don't you care? Let me tell you, every time I've asked Jesus, don't you care, I've felt really silly very quickly. He cares. They wake up Jesus and Jesus gets up. He rebukes the winds and the waves. It's really interesting, all that stuff. The one in the boat has power over the wind and the waves outside the boat. The one in the boat has power over the danger outside the boat. When they see the power of the Prince of Peace, that peace testifies to them about who Jesus is. I really think it's funny because they're scared of the storm and then they're actually scared of Jesus see that they're like what who is this guy gosh i've said some dumb things in front of him look look at this guy he can stop wind and waves testified to them about who jesus is but not just them there's a little part of this story we always pass if we can can we bring up let's see verse 36 Can you bring up verse 36 one more time? There's a part of this story you've always missed. Verse 36, when you got it. Mark chapter 4, verse 36. We'll wait for it. What's that last sentence? Somebody say that last sentence out loud. One version says this, there were little boats nearby. You aren't the only one going through something. You aren't the only one going through a storm. But if you can activate your peace, it won't just save you and your boat. It will save a nearby boat. It will save someone else who thinks this is it. We're doomed. We're lost. But because Jesus was in another Jesus wasn't even in that boat. And Jesus being in that boat over there saved that boat over there. Yes. There were also other boats. Within. Do you realize? I, can you get for a moment, stop thinking about your stuff real quick? Can you think about the stuff around you? Oh, Jesus, God of peace, Prince of peace, work peace so effectively around me and in me that it would save the other boats. That it would save those other boats. Let peace work so well in a mother and a dad that it works in the kids, that it works in their neighbor. I've got a a neighbor, he's worried about his wife. He's not a Christian. And he's he's worried about his wife. She's got cancer. And I just, I pray. When I go up and talk to him, I pray, God, let the peace of God work. Let it work in me. He doesn't have the spirit in him, but me being present, can the spirit of God work in me? Can the spirit bring peace that washes not over me, but it washes over him too. Redemption Church, there ought to be a peace resident right here that moves next door. Where they're trying to get set free from alcohol addiction, where peace would work when we go out to Mama's pizza afterwards. Let let peace just reign to the table right next to us. Let them feel something about. It. Let it testify to the people. When I pray for people and situations, I almost always think about this story in Mark chapter four. In fact, if you've ever heard me pray and pray for you or pray at like um first tuesday which is this tuesday you'll often hear me say this out loud i'll say these words jesus help them to find you in this storm and i'm thinking about this story they're going through this storm but jesus is nearby god help them in the storm to find jesus Do not just pray about what is outside the boat. Don't just pray, God, just stop the storm around them. No, that's the external. Pray to Jesus. Stir up that relationship with Jesus. Focus on the internal because true peace, it comes from that calm security that flows from a relationship with Jesus. Lord Jesus, be be in relationship with those people. Lord, in the middle of my neighbor's battle with cancer, Let them find you in the middle of that sickness. Let them find you in the peace that you can bring. Let them find you in the healing that you can bring. God, Lord, let them find you. Let them get you on the inside. And God, then you calm the storms on the outside. Pray that way. Pray that way. Change how you pray. Change how you pray. Focus on that internal relationship with Jesus. Jesus himself will rise up and rebuke the winds and the waves. One more time. Peace means I'm at rest with my Savior, and His rest rules my response. What's your vibe today? Do you have peace? These altars are open. Come on, let's reach out to the Lord in this place. I'm about to pray for everybody watching, listening online. As I'm praying, I want you in the house. I want you to come. If you want special... For more information about redemption, look us up online at redemption-church.com. We want to hear from you, so be sure to connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or even our anonymous question text line at 214-856-0550. Thank you for joining us and have a blessed...